Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to welcome, 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 welcome to DrBoysTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. And uh, today I'm going to talk about Ice Cube and uh, Ice Cube's uh, interesting little controversy involving uh, the movie Friday. Now, I'm sure everybody in here saw the movie Friday. Uh, I'm sure you loved the movie the way I did. If you love the movie Friday, uh, say everybody type the word Friday in the chat. Uh, put the word Friday in the chat if you thought the movie was iconic. Put the word Friday in the chat. If you felt like the movie uh, was one that you wish they could bring back if Warner Brothers would get out of the way. Uh, if you love the movie Friday and think that uh, Ice Cube was brilliant for this creation, uh, put the word Friday in the chat. All right. So uh, let's get started. Uh, some of you are asking, where can you get the shirt that I'm wearing? Actually, if you go to uh, All Black Tees, A-L-L-Allblacktees.com, we have all different kinds of T-shirts like this one. Uh, that will allow you to flex the fact that you love black owned business. And also, uh, just as a little side note, uh, the movie Hoppy, H-A-P-I, done by Taki Grant, is being shown in Houston this week. And uh, it's a great movie. Uh, Dr. Leonard Jeffries, um, uh, Professor Smalls is in it. Uh, uh, a lot of uh, Anthony Browder, a lot of brilliant black people in it. I'm in it, actually, but but I, I, I give deference to those guys. Uh, so if you're interested in checking out the movie, <clears throat> um, uh, it's a black-owned movie. It's one of our, our movies. Um, as a community, I'm an executive producer, but Taki is the genius behind it. Uh, just go to boycewalkins.com and you can see the link right there at the top of the bio if you want to check it out in Houston. So with that being said, let's talk about Ice Cube and Friday and all this other stuff. So how many of you, give me a yes or no, how many of you saw <clears throat> what happened uh, this week, the controversy around the movie Friday? Uh, Crystal, my name is Corey Jackson Jeter, DeCarlos Alco. Did anybody see um, the controversy, you know, the controversy that was going on with Cube? And uh, people basically saying that um, that he gave a raw deal to some of the more notorious actors from that movie. Um, let me know if you saw what was going on, and I'll kind of give you a quick briefing of what was going on, what I saw, and uh, <clears throat> just my my perspective on this, my breakdown on this. Um, so basically, Faison Love does an interview with Vlad TV. Now you know how Vlad TV is. I, I've met Vlad, talked to him a few times. I've been on Vlad a few times. I don't hate Vlad, but I kind of think some of what Vlad does could be defined as bullshit a little bit, <clears throat> not completely, but but uh, some of it is a little bit problematic. Uh, you got to be real careful about now me. I'm just a professor. I'm a 50 year old college professor who goes on who's gone on Vlad a few times. It's nothing big for me. Right. I just give my perspective. That's it. But then you have some guys that go on there and uh, and they literally are setting you up to basically snitch on yourself. I think there was one guy who went on there and was on there, I guess, trying to get the limelight, trying to get attention. And he was basically telling stories about all the dirt he did in the street. Like, yeah, I shot him and I killed him and I took, I took all his money and I, and we got together and we organized, we, we organized crime to go and rob banks. I mean, he was just doing the most, right? Like literally doing something that I think is like the dumbest shit that a human being could ever do, which is to basically for clout, you know, tell on yourself and, and, and literally, um, I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, next thing I know, put it this way, next thing I know, this guy was facing federal charges, uh, a lot of years in prison um, and in, in New York on a RICO charge. Now, if you know anything about RICO charges, you know, RICO charges are pretty serious. That means you can get dozens of years in prison because you were organized in your crime. I know a guy who got caught on a RICO charge and I'm not kidding. They gave him 14 life sentences on this RICO charge. They gave his brother 20 years. They gave his sister uh, his sister, eight years, and they even locked up his mother. Right. So uh, what I would just say is I'm not telling you to, to not I'm not telling you to do the dirt or not do it. That's your choice. 
But I would say if you do it, don't tell nobody. And definitely don't show as hell don't go on Vlad talking about it. So uh, Vlad TV interviewed Faison, and Faison apparently said something about, you know, Faison played Big Worm. Right. There's nothing scarier than a Negro with with a perm in his hair. Right. When a, when a big guy comes up in hair curlers, you know, you better run because that means he's really that gangster that he'll literally put curlers in her hair. So he's either trying to have sex with you or he's trying to kill you. One of the two. Anyway, so Big Worm, who was one of the uh, more interesting characters in the film, along with Debo, um, uh, he does an interview. And apparently he admits that he didn't do the second Friday movie because he wasn't offered enough money. He was offered twenty five hundred for the first one. And um, and and then he was uh, offered, uh, I think, five thousand for the second one. And uh, he turned it down so he could go take another offer for about one hundred thousand dollars, which is more consistent with what he was worth at the time. And a lot of people interpreted this to say, you know, Ice Cube ripped everybody off like that ain't right. Why don't you pay that man his money, pay that man his money. And uh, and you know what? I'm going to tell you, I, 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 I get it. I get the frustration people have with that. I understand where people are coming from with that. Um, and, uh, cause I've been on both sides of that. I've been on both sides of that. Right. I grew up in a working class family and, uh, but then eventually at some point I decided to become a boss in my own space. And, uh, and, you know, and I, and so I see both sides. I see what it means to say, look, this is my worth. I should get my worth. But then I've also seen the struggles and the, the challenges of being the boss where you have all these people that want money from you and everybody feels like they should get more money. Everybody thinks that, that the money's falling out of the sky for you, that you can just pay everybody anything and that you should not even honor the, your own negotiation. That literally, if we negotiate that I'm going to pay you $40 an hour and somebody finds out that you worked on a project that made a million dollars for me, I'm supposed to go back and renegotiate against myself and say, yeah, you know, I paid you $40 an hour, but really I, I'm going to come back and pay you 200 an hour. Cause that's what, the, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. It's up to you to decide how you feel about that. But I will say that this was intriguing to me because this is a deep seated political issue that goes back thousands of years. All right. The battle between management and labor is one that has always existed. Um, it is a battle where it, it, it you can pick a side in that battle, but you always have to kind of, it, it helps your negotiation ability when you can understand the position of the other side, right? You know, again, this platform is for intelligent black people. I'm encouraging all y'all to think. So a thinker is not a person who simply only sees their own point of view, right? So this is my challenge to you. I don't want you to just see your perspective. I want you to find somebody who completely disagrees with you and try to see if you can empathize with their point of view. This will help you in every negotiation that you're ever in. This will help you in your marriage if you ever get married. This will help you get along with your homies. This will help you get along with your kids. If you have the ability to see the other point of view, then you can negotiate better than if you can only see your perspective. And, and that's what you really see in this country. You see Democrats who only see the world through the eyes of a Democrat, Republicans who can only see the world through the eyes of a Republican. And that next thing you know, they're just fighting each other and dehumanizing each other and nothing gets done, right? So if I am a laborer, I'm going to I'm going to come and negotiate as a laborer understanding the position of management. So here I am, if I'm Faison and I'm signing up for this movie, right? It's 1995. Nobody knows if the movie Friday is going to gross 27 million. I think the next next Friday grows 59 million. Friday after next grows 33 million. So I'm willing to bet you that the Friday franchise and series over time has made well over 100 million dollars. You're talking about a lot of money. But nobody knew that this was going to happen at that time. Nobody knew that this little film with a tiny budget of what, two and a half, three and a half million dollars, something like that. Nobody knew that this movie was going to become what it became later on. Right. Because if everybody knew, then everybody would have negotiated different. Everybody would have said something different if they knew it was going to blow up. But at that time, 
they go to Faison and they say, look, man, and, they, and I've done I've done movies in L.A. before. So I, I kind of got a sense of how they pay. It's kind of an interesting system. Right. So if you want somebody to be on the set for two days, you say, what is your day rate? And they tell you their day rate. They say, my day rate is a thousand dollars a day. You say, OK, bet we need you for two days. Right. And that's it. You pay them their day rate. They do a great job and then they bounce out. I personally wouldn't take deals like that per se, but then again, that is kind of the Hollywood culture. I've seen a lot of actors who will do that because it's like, okay, I get to come in and do my thing for a thousand dollars a day. That's not a big deal. That's cool. Like I go pay my rent, whatever. And, and then whatever you do with the project is what you do. The downside of that though, is that some of the projects go on and become massive, right? Like gigantic blockbusters. And you're like, wait a minute, I'm on the cover of that DVD and I got $2,000, man, I'm pissed. I think anybody would be pissed in that situation, right? But again, when you negotiate it, they said, what is your day rate? And you told them, and then they paid you what you asked for. Now, give me a yes or no. Is, is there some, some validity to the argument that says, look, we paid you what you asked for. Why are you mad? I mean, give me a yes or no if you can at least empathize with that argument. I'm not saying you got to agree, but let, let me know if you can at least understand why somebody would come to that conclusion. Like, wait a minute, you asked for $1,000 a day. I gave you $1,000 a day. Why are you mad? I don't understand why you, I gave you what you asked for. Right? Wait, you know, and, 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 I, and I think that's a valid argument to be made, right? Um, now, now here's, here's the flip side of that. And just to be fair, I want y'all to know, y'all. some of y'all know, if you've been following the podcast, you know Ice Cube has been in this uh, platform. Um, I like Ice Cube. He's a great guy to talk with publicly and privately. I texted him before I did this podcast just to say, hey, man, we're about to talk about this Friday thing. Because y'all know me. I'll talk about whatever's happening. It doesn't matter if I know the people or not. And I just said, look, it's going to be a respectful conversation, but I want to give you a chance to share any perspective that you have on this. And he basically texted back and said, I said what I said. You dig? I said, okay, I did. Got it. Cool. So he said what he said. So Ice Cube's reaction to all of this was uh, pretty straightforward. It was miss me with that bullshit. Um, uh, you know, we, we this is how we pay Faison. This is how we pay Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker is another guy whose name got dragged in because now Chris Tucker is having some significant financial problems. Uh, and a lot of people feel that that part of the reason Chris Tucker is having these problems is because Ice Cube didn't come through for him, which uh, I think that's kind of a a problematic way to even look at things for a few reasons. One, um, I don't recall hearing Chris Tucker or even Faison at any point criticizing Ice Cube. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's out there somewhere. But I have not heard Chris Tucker at any point say, you know, I, my life as a 50-year-old man or whatever age he is, is, is ruined because Ice Cube didn't take care of me back in the day. I have not heard that from anyone, right? And remember, this movie was made in 1995. That's a long time ago. That's what, 26 years ago or something like that. That's a very long time ago. I haven't heard Chris Tucker or Faison make any of these critiques. The critiques I've heard have come from people online, right? Which right there invalidates the critique to some extent because if somebody is a victim of a crime, then you, the police will ask the victim, like, hey, do you want to press charges? And Faison and Chris Tucker, from what I understand, have never said, look, uh, yeah, Ice Cube is guilty. Man, that man took my money. He did me wrong. That's never happened, right? So so I think that right there kind of slams the book shut on, you know, on, on really what it is, whether or not an injustice was actually served. The other piece of information that should be shared here is that Ice Cube did mention that he offered Chris Tucker, I think he said 10 to 12 million to be in the second Friday movie. And Chris chose not to do it because he'd become Christian. He didn't want to be uh, you know, on screen smoking weed and everything else. So shout out to Chris for changing his life, making his life better. 
Um, I, I think that's noble. It's respectable. It is what it is, right? So, 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 so that that piece of information is out there also. Now, now here's the other piece of it too, that um that I really don't understand because I heard this same argument when DMX died. When DMX died, I heard some people, and again, this wasn't a majority. This was a few people out there who said, um, "Where was Jay Z when DMX was going down? Why didn't Jay Z come through and save DMX?" DMX could have, if Jay-Z had a looked out for DMX, DMX would have been all right. Man, DMX is a grown-ass man. He, he doesn't wear, he wasn't, D, the D in DMX does not stand for diapers. He was not diaper, diaper MX. He was, he was not, he was a grown-ass man. Who in the world thinks that it is the job of a, of a man to go and babysit another grown man? Uh, it doesn't mean that you can't look out for people every now and then. It doesn't mean you can't be your brother's keeper periodically. But last time I checked, I would be willing to bet you that if you go through the life of DMX and counted the number of people who said, hey, man, look, you might want to slow down a little bit. That you know, crack is whack, bro. You might want to kind of chill out. I, I bet you that, that the numbers in the hundreds or even the thousands, I bet you that thousands of people tried to help DMX at some point, said to him, Hey man, why don't you check yourself into rehab, bro? You know, you could be as big as Jay-Z. You could be as big, you could be the next Jigga if you if you just kind of you know slow down a little bit. I bet you he had a lot of friends who did that. And at the end of the day, he made his own decision. I cannot think of another man anywhere in my life who has the power to stop me from destroying myself if that was what I was determined to do. Right? I, I can't think of any other man, including my own father, who could stop me from making the choices that I make as a grown ass man. So this idea of men babysitting other men is kind of weird. Um, if you are in that category of the people who made those sorts of comments, I'd be curious to know what you're thinking. Uh, I, I don't see how Chris Tucker's problems in 2021 relate to things that Ice Cube did or did not do in 1995, because again, at that time, the movie wasn't what it is now, right? And so, so that's another reason that I, I, I kind of say that that argument's a little bit, a little bit flimsy. Um, now, now, one of the things that I would say is, you know, in general, though, just speaking on this, you know, again, this is a thousand-year-old conflict between labor, the labor class, and the management class. Ice Cube would be ownership management class. Uh, you know, Faison, Chris Tucker at that time might be considered working class. Um, is uh, is one one thing you can say also about all of this is. How many of you, give me a yes or no, how many of you believe that if Chris Tucker had not been in Friday, you probably wouldn't even know who he is? Uh, he was on, now, by the way, he was on Def Comedy Jam too. Russell Simmons gave him that opportunity. Uh, Russell's another friend of mine. So again, I'm, I'm respectful to my friends, but I'm honest about my friends as well, right? So Russell gave Chris Tucker an opportunity on, um, on Def Comedy Jam. Uh, how many of y'all feel like you wouldn't even know who Chris Tucker was if, if he wasn't in the movie Friday? Give me a yes or no. Uh, give me a yes or no if you don't think you would know who Faison Love was if he wasn't in the movie Friday. Yes or no? All right, let's do another one. Um, Debo. Anybody remember Debo? Debo, that was another scary one, right? You had the scary guy with the rollers in his hair, and then you had the other guy that was, like, real big. They'll be like, no, I got $5, right? Right? Like, a big, think about this. You had one dude with rollers in his hair who was, like, really intimidating. Then you had another guy who was scaring the hell out of everybody on a bike. This is such a weird thing, right? This is such a weird, just so y'all know, this is historic, right? Just last night, we were reading Black Labor, White Wealth by Dr. Claude Anderson. There's a history of kind of positioning the Black man in these awkward situations 
uh, where to some extent, it, we some of our, our men end up in this kind of man-child space. So the fact that Debo was riding through the hood on a bike and everybody could identify with the big, scary, 250-pound black man riding a, a bike that's built for a little girl. Like, like we, we got that. We understood that. And But the thing is, it ain't natural for a grown-ass man to be on a bike that's made for a 10-year-old. Like, that's not normal. Right. But you see that we, we've seen that in our neighbor. That's why we thought it was funny. That's where the genius came in in that they tapped into stuff that that only black people see. But really, it's a reflection of the collective dysfunction and pain that we've experienced. The drive by. Right. Being a teenager or whatever age smoking ice cube where maybe they weren't maybe they early 20s uh, where you, you you're literally worried about dying uh, sitting on the porch smoking weed all day. Uh, another dysfunction that we're just kind of used to. We see it so much. The crackhead, Felicia. Anybody remember Felicia? Bye, Felicia. Anybody remember Felicia? And the, the crackhead, right? The, the crackhead's walking through the neighborhood. That's a result of the CIA dropping drugs in black communities everywhere. So to some extent, uh, while you can laugh about the genius of the movie Friday, part of you should also be a little bit reflective on, wow, how did how did our communities get like this to the point where these things all make sense to us? You know, the guy coming home from prison. I think the next Friday movie, Debo was coming home from prison and he was going to get revenge on Ice Cube and all this other stuff, right? So so ultimately that movie makes me think a lot now, that 20 years later, because uh, if you point out all the, you could probably point out 15 things about that movie that are a reflection of what you've gone through as black people, what they've done to you as black people, the position they put you in as black people. But there are so many people in that film who uh, I, I think Bernie Mac was in the movie. So many people in that film who later on became super iconic because of their participation in the movie. That also lends credibility to this idea that says, um, you know, sometimes you sign up for things with lower compensation now because you want to get paid later, right? A lot of times those pay, the people with the paycheck mentality who say, okay, you got to pay me right now as if I am famous, as if I'm already a big shot, as if I've already succeeded, that's a little bit warped because most people I know who get the level of wealth that say Ice Cube has or anybody else, these are people who invested in themselves at some point, right? When you look at you know what what uh, a lot of these actors became after this movie was over, from uh, Faison Love to Chris Tucker, etc., a lot of it came from the fact that they invested in themselves very early. When Ice Cube signed with NWA and Jerry Heller and Easy E were getting all the money, <clears throat> Cube probably worked for free for a little while. Right. I'm sure that when Easy came to him and said, hey, I'm starting this group. I don't know how it's going to do, but we're going to do our best. It's called NWA. And, then, you know, but I, and I want you to be in the group because you have this great big booming voice. I still remember the first time I heard Ice Cube. It was one said by a man who couldn't quit. Remember that? Right. And, and then and then uh, Dr. Dre comes along and he's making these great beats like it's this genius coming together. But nobody knew that NWA would have the impact that it had. Right. And, and when he first came in, I would be willing to bet you that they weren't getting paid shit. And I would be willing to bet you that it wouldn't have made any sense for Ice Cube or anybody to show up and say, well, how much am I going to get paid? When am I going to get my paycheck? Should I be getting paid every Friday or every other Friday? Right? That That's, that's the thing that I want you to kind of understand is that most of the time when you see people that become extremely wealthy, that become extremely powerful and own empires, there was a point where they did something where they weren't getting paid at all. And rather than just seeing it as, again, you can make the argument that it's a form of exploitation, sure. But you know what? There have been several situations where I have engaged in a massive amount of what could be perceived as self-exploitation, not because I'm stupid, not because I wanted to give myself away for free, not because I wanted to whore myself out to the world, but because I had a bigger vision down the line. 
I said, look, I don't need to get paid today because I'm going to get quadruple paid tomorrow. Like Chris Tucker. Yeah, I'll do this movie for $2,500 because I need the world to know how funny I am. So I'm going to invest in myself. Every corporation in America that has become a billion-dollar company invests in itself where you spend some time losing money so you can spend the rest of your life making money. You do a few things that nobody else will so you can spend the rest of your life doing the things that nobody else can. That's called investing in yourself. And I bet you any millionaire that you ever go talk to, any famous person, anybody out here who's killing the game right now, and you say, was there ever a time where you were working for nothing in order to build what you have right now? Did that occur? Was there ever a time where that happened? I guarantee you that they will all tell you yes. Let me tell you a story. Charlemagne the God now has a show on Comedy Central, which I'm sure they're paying him a god an ungodly amount of money to do. Charlemagne, I think I don't know what the hell he's got going on exactly, but I imagine he's own he owns entire an entire network now. I see all these things popping up from Charlemagne, and, and shout out to him. I respect him because he's supporting Dr. Claude Anderson. Y'all know how I feel about that. But let me tell you, I remember when Charlemagne. Um, was on the Wendy Williams show, and that's where I met him in 2006. And uh, and he asked for a copy of my book, What If George Bush Wore a Black Man? I gave him a copy. I didn't expect him to read it. He did re- actually read it. Next time I saw him, he had actually read the book. I was very impressed by that. The Wendy Williams show imploded. If you go back and look up the history, the Wendy Williams show just fell apart. Some chaos with her husband, Kevin, and her, and whatever. All I know is all my friends that worked at the Wendy Williams show were out of a job, including Charlemagne. So Charlemagne goes back to South Carolina and he is on this bullshit radio show with like probably eight listeners. It was literally a show that nobody listened to. And I could tell, I could tell. And so my brother would come in my office and he said, hey, uh, hey, a boy, so Charlemagne wants you to come on his uh, radio show. And I'd be like, okay, sure. Yeah, I'll do it. Sure. No problem. He's a nice guy. He was cool. I'll, I'll do it. I did the interview. He calls the next week. He's like, hey, Charlemagne wants to know if you can come on again this week. I'm like, man. I already did the show last week. Damn. I, well, I don't want to go on this bullshit radio show again. So, so I did it again because he was so kind to me because I respected him. And I, and I was like, okay, I understand the brother's down and out. He's fighting to get back in the radio. He ain't getting paid nothing right now. And, and, I, and, and he's just a nice guy, right? I had no idea that later on down the line, Charlemagne would become what he is right now. But I remember specifically, and I'm sure he could tell more stories about this. I remember specifically him being on a platform that was probably smaller than some of the YouTube channels you guys have right now. But because he was committed to his craft, he did that shit for free. So what I'm just trying to really tell you guys, I'm not trying to justify what happened with Ice Cube and Friday and all that. You can have whatever opinion you want. I don't even know the details. I'm not a, I'm not a, I don't know nothing about this man's life. Again, grown men should not be babysitting each other like that anyway. But what I can say is that, You know, I don't really look at the cast of Friday as a group of people who got exploited. Um, I would be willing to bet you. Let me ask you all a question. If you had a chance to go back to 1995 and be in the movie Friday for nothing and have some sort of role that shined a light on your talent, would you take that film? Would you take that role? Would you would you would you sign up for that? Give me a yes or no if you would sign up for something like that. I know I would. I know I would. Right. And so so I think that that to some extent you can make an argument in favor of the idea of investing in yourself. 
You know, when I first got started in my career, I used to go write articles for AOL Black Voices. So if, you, if you've been following me more than 10, more than 12 years, you remember my AOL Black Voices days. And a lot of people did not know I was writing for them every day, writing eight, eight articles a day, every day for free. I got paid nothing when I first came in because I said, I don't really want, I, I, I know you can't hire me. You can't afford it. You don't have the budget, but I just want access to your platform. If you give me access to your platform, I will work for free. And I work like a damn Hebrew slave for AOL for free because I was investing in myself. No company can grow without somebody making an investment. You can't just be a person who only invests in something after the money's being made. By that time, everybody's there. By that, by that time, all the seats are taken. The, the people that really do build wealth in this country are the visionaries who can see something when there is nothing. They can see a little newborn baby and see the next LeBron James. They can see a little Isle of Barren land and say, oh, that could be the next uh, Atlantic City, right? These are the people that end up becoming the wealthy people, not the people who come along after the fact, because everybody comes along after that. Everybody, back then they didn't want you, now you hot, they all on you. Everybody shows up after the big money's made, after the person's become famous. All the women start piling in now that they've all seen you on TV. But the woman you love is the woman who loved you and knew you and respected you back when you wasn't nothing. Right. LeBron James, look at LeBron and his wife. She knew him back when he was just a, a raggedy little high school kid. She didn't marry King James. She married little LeBron, who had a single mother and who was who was literally trying to save up money to buy a, lonely, a bologna sandwich for lunch. Right. So 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 just stop it, man. It's, it's crazy to me. Now, to make a final point on that, just a little economic lesson on this. Do me a favor, by the way, please. Before I make this final point, hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. Uh, please support the platform. Uh, also, if you uh, just in case they ever cut us off, uh, we have a text number. You can text the word voice to three one nine nine six for us to stay connected uh, just in case they ever shut down the YouTube channel for any reason or whatever. You got to have a backup. So text the word voice to three one nine nine six. I'll send you a text every now and then uh, to let you know what we have going on. Also, uh, this week, uh, the film Hoppy by Taki Grant is being shown in Houston. Professor James Small and uh, uh, another brother, Wade Nobles. Dr. Wade Nobles will be there. They're going to do a two-day event. So if you're in the H-Town area, uh, just go to boycewalkins.com. There's a link for this event for the screening right there at the top. I'm an executive producer for the film. I won't be there at this particular screening. I went to the one in Atlanta. I'm going to go to another one in the future. But uh, right now, they're going to be in Houston. So go check it out. It's going to be excellent. All right. So um, and go to boycewalkins.com. That's where you can find the tickets. All right. So the so last point I'll make on this is this. Look, now, again, while I do believe in the idea of investing in yourself, and I do argue that, you know, it does make sense to sometimes take an L today so you can have a win tomorrow. Uh, and I believe that the actors and the cast members in, in the movie Friday benefited from their participation in this movie. That doesn't mean that there isn't sometimes uh, some degree of what could be de determined as exploitation within a capitalist system, right? The way capitalist systems kind of work is the people that control the capital are the ones who kind of get to decide who they want to hire, and they'll hire them for a fixed rate so that they get all the upside. So the person who controls the capital is getting the upside, but the, remember, they're also taking the risk on the downside. That means if there's a loss, the employees aren't the ones who show up and pay the loss. You have to pay the loss as the business owner. So that's the up and the downside of all of that. Everybody has a right to participate in that. That's why I encourage all of you to get access to capital on some level. Start by investing in the stock market on a regular basis. Put your, your kids in a position where they are the controllers of capital. That's where they have real power. That's the first thing. That's the first point I want to make. But the second point I want to make here is this. Look, if you want to talk about it from a big aggregate level, uh, one of the things that you could argue in the, in the movie Friday, let's say that you, again, while you saw Chris Tucker go on and, and do great things, you saw Faison Love go on and do great things, Bernie Mac, some of the other people, uh, the guy that played Debo, 
can't remember his name right now. You got somebody put his name in the chat because I, I, I want to respect the brother. I uh, went on, did great things. There were some actors, though, who did a great job uh, who maybe weren't invited for the next uh, film. Or maybe they um, you know, didn't get a chance to become super famous, but deserve some sort of compensation for uh, what they were doing. Well, these are individuals that, 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 that pr- provide um, uh, support for the argument of unionization, right? Um, you know, when, when labor, labor itself is a type of capital. When you were slaves, you were uh, a capital base. Your, your labor is what built America. You were part of the capital base. And one of the ways that Tiny Lister, thank you very much, that's his name. So, so, so the, the, the way that that capital base uh, exerts its power is through some sort of coalition. Right. So if you think about the movie Friday, let's say Friday one pops off and makes all this money and you got paid a thousand dollars. So so let's say that you have a a collective mindset. This is where socialist, capitalist, Marxist ideas can actually be beneficial in some areas. Right. I'm not a capitalist. I'm not a Marxist. I'm a little bit of all those things, depending on the situation. I think all those ideas are good in a certain context. So so in that particular case, uh, the Marxist ideology says that labor should come together. And then what they do is they come back and they say, look, you got paid big time on the movie Friday and we're happy for you. Warner Brothers, Cube, whoever the bosses are at that time. But then you say, look, now 10 of us have all come together. or 20 of us are now collectively negotiating to say that all of us deserve to get triple what we made the last time. Or we all of us deserve to get a percentage of whatever the movie makes uh, gross in the box office. Not net, not not after, not not profit, not a percentage of the profit. We want a percentage of the gross. Um, I had a good conversation with uh, Will Smith's brother, Harry. I never met Will, but I talked to Harry for hours. He's a very smart guy. Um, I really understood why Will Smith is such a smart person because he comes from a smart family because Harry's a smart guy. He's a financial guy and everything else. And one of the things Harry mentioned, and I don't think he would mind me mentioning this, is he talked about how back in the day uh, the actors used to get um, a percentage of the gross. The big name actors you know, could negotiate like I want 5% of the gross, 10% of the gross or whatever. And then they started saying, well, no, how about you get uh, a percentage of the profit, right? And that became uh, a sucker's a sucker's contract because people didn't understand at the time that companies can uh, manipulate what the profitability looks like. Like if, if you have a business and you want to appear that you didn't make a profit, you can easily do that. All you do is you pump up all the expenses and make it look like the movie's barely making it by and you can't actually afford to, to, to pay anybody, right? Like for example, uh, Warner Brothers still claims to this day, if I'm not mistaken, that the whole Harry Potter franchise wasn't profitable. How in the hell are you going to tell me that the whole, whole Harry Potter franchise didn't make a profit? We know that that's BS. Right? We all saw at least some Harry Potter movie or some piece of a Harry Potter brand somewhere. Most of y'all know who Harry Potter is, right? So ultimately, um, uh, what, what, what I would say is that if, if I were talking to the cast members of Friday back then and the movie had done really well the first time, I would say, okay, if you can find it, find a way to do this. Uh, the, the way you can all win is if you all come back and negotiate as a collective. If you do that collectively and say, look, if, if you don't give if you don't give us the money we deserve, then none of us are going to show up. Well, then then the studio has a problem. Right. The, the studio's problem. Now they can't get back Felicia the crackhead. They can't get back. Uh, what was it was Neil Long in Friday or am I just making this? If I get all the hood movies mixed up, I know she was in Boys in the Hood. You can't get back uh, Debo. You done lost Big Worm. You lost Chris Tucker. You lost everything. And and, and so, so to some extent, uh, that collective mindset can be beneficial. In fact, that's what the cast members of Friends did, if I'm not mistaken. The, the cast members of Friends were able, they got together and they said, look, there's a bunch of us. Let's negotiate as a group. 
And when they negotiated as a group, they weren't able, uh, the studio wasn't able to kind of play them against each other, right? So, so that's another way to kind of look at it because one of the things that you have to admit about America is that we have really kind of screwed over the labor class. Uh, the last 40, 50 years, capitalism has become a, a little bit uh, over overbearing in our society. We've become addicted to capitalism. Uh, they de they deliberately and systematically destroyed labor unions in the 1960s and 70s. In the 1960s, America was actually a decent country in that you had your wealthy people getting paid at a high level, but workers also made enough money to buy a house and get two car a two-car garage and a white picket fence and live the American dream. That's all gone and that's all dead. That's one of the reasons why I have consistently told you all as black people, get off the goddamn boat, like get off the American capitalism labor boat because they're, they're training you to be the laborers because they need to exploit you in order for the capitalism to work. Capitalism is a big fat job of the hut, beastly animal that sucks the blood out of poor people, right? So what I'm saying to you is stop raising your children to be poor people or just purely working class. Teach them to also find a way to participate in the capitalist system by being owners of capital. Is it right? Does, no, it's not right. Do I feel like capitalism is the best way to do everything? No, I don't. Capitalism's terrible. It's going to destroy America. But when we're talking about the boat that we're on as black people, we must, must, must train our children to own stocks, own real estate, and learn how to start businesses so they can have economic options. Even if you're working for other people, if you have economic options, you always win. A person with options wins. The person without the options loses. That is true in both uh, in both business and in dating, by the way. If you ever run into a situation where your man ain't treating you right or your woman ain't treating you right, just let that man, let that woman know that you got options and watch how their behavior will change overnight. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Tell me, if you've ever, have you ever seen a situation where the minute that girl sees you with another girl, suddenly she's perking up and she's on her, her best behavior, she's begging you to come back? Oh, I really love you. Oh, my God. Well, you didn't love me back when you thought I loved you. You didn't love me when you thought I had no options. Oh, now I got options. Back then, you didn't want me. Oh, now you're all on me. Okay, I get it. I see the game now. That's how life works. In love, it works that way. In economics, it works that way with everything. A lot of times, the white man don't respect you because he knows you've got no options. A person who's ignorant has no options because they're not even aware of what the options are. A person who's lazy has no options. A person who didn't prepare and plan has no options. A person with no capital base has no options. So create options for yourself. That is how you win. Give me a guess if you get what I'm saying so I can stop yelling and I can go lay out with my woman out here on the balcony because she's waiting for me and I got to go. Give me a guess in the chat if my message got through to you. Again, y'all know me. We started off talking about Ice Cube in the movie Friday, but really Ice Cube Friday, all that stuff is less important than you. I really want, I never talk about a topic unless there is something we can collectively learn about the topic. This is not about gossiping about the relationship between Ice Cube and Chris Tucker or Faison Love's career. No, this is about you, about understanding the dynamics of this whole system so your kids don't get played. So you know how to position yourself to be the winner, to be the champion. And let me just tell you, when you become the winner, you're going to have people that are mad at you. I would imagine that there's a long list of people who are really pissed off that Ice Cube somehow found a way to go make hundreds of millions of dollars for his family. Just, just being successful alone will piss people off because they did not prepare. They weren't thinking ahead like you and they weren't making plans like you. So now they're just mad about it. That's just what it's going to be. So go out here and make some people mad. Go be successful. Teach that to your kids. That's all I got to say. All right, guys, if you could, please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. Also, 
Uh, we have stock market investing class on Tuesday. We have uh, 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 Dr. Boyce Book Club on Wednesday. And Black Wolf Boot Camp starts on January 6th at 8 p.m. That's going to be our Thursday night meeting. So if you're interested in any of these things, uh, Black Wolf Boot Camp is designed to get you off the corporate plantation. And we start January 6th. If you're interested in any of those things, go to boycewalkins.com. If you're on Instagram, click the link in the bio. Also, don't forget this weekend in Houston, uh, the movie Hoppy uh, with uh, by Taki Grant. Uh, that stars Professor James Small and Leonard Jeffries and all these brilliant black people is going to be shown in Houston. If you want to go check it out and participate in their event, just go to boycewalkins.com. I put that link right there at the top. I'm an executive producer on the film and I'm very, very proud because the film is damn good. You have to support the masterpieces that are being made in your community. Friday was a masterpiece in itself. Hoppy is a masterpiece in itself because, because these are the kinds of things we got to support. Okay. All right, guys, have a good day. Love you. I'll see you soon. And if you want to know what Ice Cube's quote was, I text Ice Cube to let him know we were talking about this. I mentioned it earlier. I'll say it again. I text him. I said, hey, man, we're about to talk about this. I just want you to know, uh, you know, you can uh, share with perspective, whatever. You know, I don't, it's, it's going to be respectful. And he texts back and he said, I said what I said. You dig? So he said what he said. And that's what it is. And I think that that should be heard. I also think everybody should be heard. And I really, at the end of the day, want you to learn. Got it? All right, guys, I'm out of here. Have a good day. God bless you. I love you. And I will see you all very, very soon. Take care now. Peace. Here we are, claiming the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is blissful, we can turn it to intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Here we are.